Good morning. Well, maybe not such a good morning. We're going to talk about that. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 65 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. It's February 7, 2023, and although the skies look clear, the forecast is not good. It's not a good morning because we're watching a train wreck happening. Two trains heading directly toward each other with no slowing. You can see both trains on the track. They're talking to each other by walkie-talkie, but nothing is happening. They just keep coming. One train is called California. The other is called Six States. Six States is trying to break without throwing out cargo. If California crashes into six states, lives could be lost because many will lose their businesses, their lifestyle, their way of life. Depression will set in on hundreds, if not thousands. I can't see the railroad tracks, but I hear the trains straining and whistling as loud as possible at each other. The wreck is going to be ugly. We're all watching it happen in real time. The Denver Post reported the worst in its February 1 issue. Six states have come up with a Colorado River plan that still isn't enough. And California isn't on board. Shoot, California surely sees the wreck coming but it's acting like the proverbial ostrich. Ignore it, and all will be okay. Most finger-pointing seems to be toward California, the biggest water user in the Colorado River Basin. Water scientists and legal experts are giving mixed signals, and federal officials are not saying anything on the specifics. Nobody pushes back on the notion that the entire Colorado River Basin must find a way to use much less water in a matter of months or face disastrous consequences. A matter of months! I guess farmers in the Imperial Valley will take what water they can get this year and maybe have one crop in late spring. But then the heat and summer will come, and nothing will grow. What began as a drought and then transformed into what's called a mega drought is now even worse. Scientists call it aridification, which means the American West will remain drier than it was just a few decades ago. For about 15 years now, those farmers have watched their storage reservoirs just go down and down. My wife and I have a cistern in our house because our well produces only one-third of a gallon a minute. Without that cistern, we run out of water. We watch that cistern closely. Maybe some days we don't wash clothes to let the pump in the well refill the cistern. I know those farmers have been watching their cisterns, called Powell and Mead, go lower and lower. 
but yet they keep washing clothes every day. Does that make sense? Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, Utah, and Wyoming published a strategy Monday evening, January 30, to save water from the Colorado River, on which some 40 million people depend. The move drew applause from politicians and condemnation from environmentalists. Condemnation? What do the environmentalists want? This is getting complicated, and complications take time to work out. Time that irrigators may not have. Mother Nature is continuing every year to withhold water. What happens when their cisterns run dry? Rhett Larson, a water law professor at Arizona State University, said, At this stage, we're falling back on an ancient and pre-modern water management strategy, which is praying for rain. Or maybe they start a very long rain dance. In short, the six states agreed they must account for water loss to evaporation or lost as it's transported across hundreds and hundreds of miles of desert. It's a miracle that six states found common ground instead of the usual battling between the upper basin and the lower basin. The six states, including Arizona and Nevada, have said that the lower basin states of Arizona, California, and Nevada should accept additional cuts to their water use if the level at Lake Mead falls below certain elevations. California is the only state that didn't agree to the plan. Even the six states' plan doesn't save even the smallest amount of water required by the federal government. Evaporation, transfer loss, and the tiered water cuts to the lower basin combine to save about 1.95 million acre-feet. At a minimum, the states must save 2 million acre-feet a year, federal official announced this summer. But now, water experts are wondering whether the basin must save three times that much. More than Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming combined use in a single year. Is it going to happen? I wouldn't bet a wooden nickel on it. Evaporation and transfer loss is a meaningful starting point. Brad Udall, a water and climate scientist at Colorado State University said, but the country's two largest reservoirs, Lake Powell and Mead, are already at historic lows and waiting until they sink further to make cuts doesn't make sense. Tick-tock, tick-tock. The clock is ticking. The trains are coming. Someone needs to step up. Brad Udall seems to be trying. He said, let's cut the crap. We don't have elevation in the lakes 
to give away right now or to depend on. The states blew past the first deadline for a plan in August, and the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation set another one for Tuesday, January 31, 2023. I have been going to water meetings for many years. The Colorado delegation has been talking about this for at least 10 years, and their worst-case scenarios are happening. And still, no one is imposing restrictions. Partial plans and deadlines with no teeth means nothing gets done. This is a time when we need a dictatorship that says this is the way it's going to be. Federal officials' reaction to the plan remains unclear. Ultimately, Officials with the Bureau of Reclamation and the Department of Interior will have to decide how the basin can best conserve water, even if all seven states aren't in agreement. California may not agree on anything. California has a political structure that makes it difficult to find a consensus on water cuts Not only does the state draw the most water from the Colorado River, but its Imperial Irrigation District is the largest single water consumer in the Colorado River Basin and grows food for people across the world. Forcing more cuts on the Imperial Irrigation District is a tall order, Mark Udall said, but he thinks that perhaps it's more politically convenient for California to let federal officials force cuts. Politics in California kind of demands this, Udall said. Maybe it's a lot better for them to have a bad guy, like the Bureau of Reclamation, mandate cuts on them. Federal officials aren't likely to take immediate action either way. They need a few more months to finish an updated study on the river, which will yield recommendations for how best to share the water shortage throughout the basin. The plan published Monday from the six states will be taken into consideration while the Bureau of Reclamation develops that plan. Mark Squillacci, a water law professor at the University of Colorado, has said, it's all well and good to say that six of seven states agreed, but what they've agreed to is to dump most of the responsibility on the state that didn't agree. Squillacci doesn't consider Monday's announcement a serious proposal. Any realistic assessment, he said, must include major changes to the agricultural industry, the biggest water consumer in the West. In addition, upper basin states should accept cuts to their water use as well to more equitably spread the pain, he said. The path forward is narrow, Squillachi said, and if the basin falters, it risks a cascade of lawsuits 
over proposed water cuts, which would be expensive, but also time-consuming, and the region doesn't have time to spare. Lawsuits take time, a lot of time, three years, five years, ten years. We know those trains are coming, and the wreck that will ensue may mean Powell and Meade completely run out of water. Then what? Well, one thing is sure, farms in the Imperial Irrigation District will dry up. Then we'll see what happens to winter vegetables and alfalfa that shouldn't be grown in the desert anyway. But lawsuits are forthcoming, and all know that. What a mess. And now let's talk about politics. How much power does each state have? How many representatives does each state have in the U.S. House of Representatives? Colorado is strong with eight representatives. Wyoming has one. New Mexico has three. Nevada has four. Arizona has nine. And Utah has four. California has a whopping 52 representative. Now, I'm not very smart, but even I can figure out where the power lies. Politics will soon come into play, and the Colorado River Compact just might fly out the window. The Associated Press on February 4, 2023, said... What's at issue is whether it's fair to use century-old rules created during an era of relative abundance to ration water from the rapidly shriveling river now that the West is on the precipice of climate disaster. With California and its six neighbors locked in a dispute over two competing approaches to divvying up the cuts in water deliveries, whatever the Biden administration decides will almost certainly end up in court. This is a fight among powerful political and economic interest with dire consequences. Most agree that Colorado River's problems are largely the result of climate change, and the river dispute is an early glimpse of the types of fights the U.S. will face as the warming climate supercharges drought, wildfires, storms, and floods, forcing wrenching choices over which communities get protected. Those decisions pose a political minefield something President Biden's Interior Department is learning from the fight over the West's most important river. Climate change is creating existential risk for some of the country's most economically and politically powerful states and industries. But climate change has shriveled the Colorado River flows about 20%, over the past two decades, and for each additional degree of warming, 
Scientists predict the river will shrink another 9%. That could cut off hydropower production that is crucial to the stability of the western power grid. California argues, in effect, that climate change has so fundamentally altered the waterway that the century-old legal system governing who must sacrifice in times of shortage should not be the final word and how those cuts are divvied up. And this opens the door for politics on a grand scale. California is not budging. Its rival proposal for apportioning the pain would almost entirely cut off Colorado River deliveries to Phoenix, Tucson, and the 11 Native American tribes getting water from the Central Arizona Project before California's agricultural users would face any mandatory cuts. We agree there needs to be reduced use in the lower basin, but that can't be done by just completely ignoring and sidestepping federal law, said J.B. Hamby, who leads the Colorado River Board of California and serves on the board of the state's biggest user of the river's water, the Imperial Irrigation District. But Tom Buschkowski, director of Arizona's Department of Water Resources, argued that his state agreed to take junior rights to the river water back in 1968, before climate change was known to be a factor in shrinking the river's flow. Why should Arizona, in the lower basin, take the entire cost of climate changes to the river, he asked. The state-level politics alone are a disaster for democratic administration. Think about the national politics for a moment. The river feud centers on California, a longtime democratic stronghold, and Arizona, a newfound swing state that has proven crucial to the party's control of the White House and Senate. On one side of the fight is the most populous state in the country, with a $3.4 trillion economy, fueled in large part by its powerhouse agricultural sector, a Democratic stronghold run by a governor with his own presidential ambitions. California has also enacted some of the most aggressive climate mitigation policies in the country. On the other side is Arizona, a swing state on which Democrats' national electoral fate could turn, joined by every other state in the river basin. And while the immediate fight is centered on Arizona and California, the upper basin states of Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, and New Mexico, which backed Arizona's approach, have their own interest in moving toward a more flexible interpretation of century-old water rules. Climate change is expected to soon make it impossible 
for them to deliver the legally required amount of water to the lower basin without draconian cuts to their own cities and tribes. An even bigger brawl that will have to be fought out in the next two years. But within each state, the fault lines aren't always clear. Since Western water law allows whoever claimed the water first to be first in line, agricultural users often hold some of the strongest rights, whereas cities and suburbs are almost always the first to take cuts. Meanwhile, notably absent from the dueling proposals were the 29 tribes that reside within the river basin and whose interests the Biden administration has vowed to be particularly attentive to. They haven't been in the room for negotiations involving the states and the federal government. Tribal interests on the river are also complex and competing. The Gila River Indian community whose ancestors farmed with Colorado River water for millennia are among those most vulnerable to cuts under the priority approach backed by California. But the Colorado River Indian tribes hold senior rights decreed by the Supreme Court that align their interest with California's approach. And California's approach being First in time, first in right. California was the first state to start growing and thus has the most senior water rights. If the analysis of California's proposals shows the result would be drying up the central Arizona project and the major metropolitan areas are taking water away from native tribes, I think the choices will become really stark, said John Ensminger, Nevada's top Colorado River negotiator. Lawmakers on the U.S. Capitol Hill will be jumping into the fray. Regardless of how the negotiations turn out and what Interior decides, many legal experts expect the fight to ultimately land in court. No matter what that decision is, one or more of the states is going to sue the Bureau of Reclamation, and we're going to have to work this out through litigation, said Rhett Larson, who teaches water law at Arizona State University and has worked on water rights issues along the Colorado River. But while a legal battle may be the only way to resolve some of the long-standing conflicts among the river's users, it could also slow down the federal government's ability to respond to a fast-evolving crisis on the Colorado River. Do we have that kind of time? I don't think so. Like I said, today may not be such a good day, but I am an optimist, and maybe, just maybe, Our wet winter continues. This should help a little, but not enough. 
I have developed ideas to help the front range of Colorado, and I'm pushing those with our legislature. I'll let you know how that goes. Remember, you can always reach me at Tommy at NoWater.com. That's K-N-O-W hyphen water dot com. I always like hearing from you. In the meantime, let's go to my favorite mountain stream and relax a little. See you next time.